Hello, all of you savvy entrepreneurs. Welcome to another episode of Vintage Dialogue Radio. I'm your host, Essen Gaines, and today, my special guest with me is Audrey King, entrepreneur and owner of So She Can Bags. Audrey is here to tell us everything we need to know about opening and setting up a shop on Etsy, and she's going to give us some really good tips on what mistakes to avoid along the way. We're going to go over some challenges she faced when she first started out. But if you're passionate about your craft and you're ready to turn your hobby into a business venture, stay tuned because today is all about Etsy 101. Audrey, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us what type of store you have on Etsy? Oh, sure. Yes. So my shop, So She Can Bags, it's S-E-W, She Can Bags, it's a handbag sewing pattern store. So I don't sell physical bags. I sell the sewing patterns to people along with detailed picture instructions, and then they make their own handbag. But the process really is they download a PDF pattern from me, which comes in several pages. They tape it together, cut out the pieces, uh-huh. much like you would a store pattern from, you know, like Joanne's fabric. Go ahead and uh, sew together your bag, done per your design aesthetic. It's a really fun business actually, because put your stuff out there and then people, you know, yeah. post pictures of their bag and they, people come up with all kinds of things I didn't even think about when I was making the base pattern design. So it's just a lot of fun mm-hmm. and interacting with the customers, but that's my business. Did you go to any type of design school like FIT or is this something that you just came up with naturally? So I'm actually in real life, a chemical engineer. I didn't go to FIT, I actually went to Columbia. I studied mm-hmm. chemical engineering, actually work in the oil and gas business, downstream uh, refining specifically. I used to upon a time work for one of the majors, but uh, currently I work for a software company. We sell software to the refineries in order for them to optimize margin. So very different from, you know, making handbags and Mm -hmm. I get the question all the time like okay well you're an engineer like like how are you doing this why are you doing this doesn't make any sense but um yeah so I'm not really you know I didn't go to fashion school but you know just because you're an engineer doesn't mean you don't like to have fabulous things Mm -hmm. and uh, it's actually um is very math based it's very similar to some of the work that I do um you know at my day job. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of geometry um, and I'm using simulation software, uh, make sure that all that, you know, pieces fit together, angles are correct, et cetera. And so it feels actually a lot um, like the process design software I use for the refinery. So it actually works out really well. But um, it, yeah, I like to say I'm uh, you know engineer during, you know, during the day and a fashion like handbag designer on the weekends and nights. So. so how did you land on the design making concept? So actually it was, I guess, kind of random. Um, so I'd, I'd written a Kindle book about actually refining Mm-hmm. And then I was looking for another topic. And so then I wrote a, um, a Kindle book about making handbags. And then I was mm-hmm. like, well, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, I could provide people actual patterns to go with my Kindle book. And mm-hmm. then from there, the logic went to, oh, well, I may actually just sell patterns. All right. Why am I worried about this book? And then suddenly I was making patterns, but in the, originally I've always kind of sewed and I've always played around with making handbags, but somehow evolved by, through other entrepreneurial pursuits. Right. So I think I was talking about how, you know, you try one thing and it doesn't necessarily work, but it right. somehow leads you to another place. So, and I found a lot of success with the the handbag pattern business. So yeah, just keep going, just keep playing around and trying and just and putting yourself out there. Eventually land on a good idea. I know that you provide the patterns for different people and they probably take your patterns 
and set up their own shops and they're making money off of your designs. Have you ever thought of becoming a full-time designer? Um, I think about that sometimes. Uh, I am kind of, you know, testing the market, putting several different designs out there is that I can kind of see what people gravitate towards. I mean, there's a little bit, you know, with that, obviously it might just be folks who are really sewers who like what I'm doing. I don't know what necessarily from this kind of market research that's built in, uh, what non-sewers would be interested in, but I can kind of see generally what, you know, people find attractive, uh, especially the market information that you get from the Etsy app. I can kind of see what people are interested in, even people who actually aren't purchasing the pattern. So uh, that's good stuff. But yeah, no, I've, I've toyed around in my mind uh, with, you know, physically producing bags. One thing that's nice about this is, you know, I do work full time. Um, it is, you know, basically people can, can download my patterns uh, as many right. as they want. You put out one design out there and then, you know, you can have your sales off of that one particular design. Whereas if I was trying to make bags uh, physically myself mm-hmm. in, in my sewing machine, that's probably not feasible, especially for someone with a full-time job. Right. And there's always a, a, that piece about reaching out to manufacturers, which I have done some of that search. So I, 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 I every, you know, few months or so I dip my toe into maybe let's maybe physically produce one of these, but as of yet, no, the, the, the long-winded right. answer to that question is no. How long did it take for you from the time you set up your shop to start to see a little returns on your investment? So actually this isn't my first Etsy shop. Um, I have tried other Etsy shops before and they did not work. I was one of those people throwing my stuff out there and then basically uh-huh. crickets. <laughs> but this one did happen to work out well, especially with the, I think the pandemic. Like, you know, I've been in business for two years. Right. So I was actually in business before, but I did see a huge pickup with people being stuck at home, nowhere to go, uh-huh. need something to do. Oh, right. let me make a handbag. So actually that really helped. And then that gave me a lot more exposure and I have, you know, more regular customers as a result of that time period. So that was good stuff. But yeah, no, it's, I, I think it's about figuring out what everyone else isn't doing. So like, for instance, you talked, you asked me about, you know, what I like to you know, produce physical bags and, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about that, like what I want to produce them on Etsy. If you are to search, like let's say you're a betting entrepreneur and you want to, let's make coffee mugs or the handbags or, you know, t-shirts or whatever. If you put into the search on Etsy, whatever you're searching for, t-shirts, et cetera, it mm-hmm. will tell you the number of other, the number of hits, right? So it'll say, oh, there are 300,000 other handbag makers or handbags out there for sale. Oh, wow. Whereas, yeah. So it, it, so obviously in that mode, um, you're, there's, it's much more competitive, right? If you search for handbag sewing patterns, the number is significantly less. So I think my success on this round uh, was really about finding a more of a niche area. Something that's a bit, there's a, a bit higher of a barrier to entry, right? Because everyone, mm-hmm. you know, can't necessarily draft a pattern and then do all the testing associated with drafting a pattern and then getting it out there uh, and then physically sewing it. But that, there's a number of skills that everyone can't just do. Fewer um, competitors for me. So that's one thing for people when you're thinking about your Etsy business, <laughs> like don't mm-hmm. do every, like don't go into the t-shirts, right? Because there's a million t-shirt, you know, the cute sayings, that's really tough. And then like jewelry also is huge. So, but I'm not saying don't target those. I'm just saying you're going to need to be very, if you're in a highly competitive um, area, you need mm-hmm. to be very differentiated. There needs to be something special about your product. Don't go on Etsy and just copy what everyone else is doing and think right. for some reason that you're going to be successful because then the only difference is going to be price, right? So now you're in a place where I'm making the same thing as everyone for you know as everyone else. The only other mm-hmm. the only incentive for buyers then is to you know search for the lowest value or uh, price product, and you don't want right. to be there because then your margins aren't there and then your business isn't as profitable, right? So. 
um, yeah, I would say, I don't want to discourage anyone, you know, put yourself out there and see mm-hmm. what does work. And, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I, I've had other businesses on Etsy that ha, didn't work. <laughs> this is the one I'm doing now. But right. um, you learn from all of those experiences, right? Um, every every time you start a business, you learn something from that. So I don't think that's mm-hmm. a waste of time. I think that's definitely very valuable. But yeah, it's not an overnight thing. It does take time. This one, I happened to find a good niche and I probably mm-hmm. had like maybe my first sale in the first couple of weeks. I do have Shopify as well, which many Etsy sellers do have. It's always good to kind of diversify your channels for selling. Whereas Etsy, you're, you know, you have your own shop, but say, you know, someone's looking at your particular um, posting, Etsy will then also display other vendors' goods as well so that their customers can, can kind of comparison shop in real time, which, you know, there's good and bad with that. It's great for the customer, right? Uh, obviously, but not so much for sellers. For the so seller. the one nice thing, yeah. So one <laughs> nice thing about having your own website, right, is you can control what you have much more control over what your the formatting of your website. Well, you don't necessarily have as much control over what you're charging, but Etsy is a bit more expensive than Shopify um, mm-hmm. for transaction, for instance. But you just have a lot more control over what you're selling. And obviously no one else is competing with you on the same website. But again, um, there's a piece about Etsy being a very established online marketplace with a ton of traffic. As you're starting your own Shopify site, um, you're responsible for generating traffic, right? right. So it's a bit, you, it's not like, so, you know, we build it, you know, you build it and they will come. You got to do a lot of work kind of right. to get people to your site. Whereas Etsy, it's a bit more built in. So Etsy has um, like a more like a built-in search engine, so to speak. Where Shopify, yeah, exactly. you, you have to figure out a way to get those numbers up, basically. Exactly. So Shopify, you're responsible for, I mean, Etsy, there is still a, a, you know, some amount of SEO. There's a, definitely an mm-hmm. art to how you post your listings, the, you know, the way that you name your individual tags to kind of match to some of the, the title of your listing, for instance. There's, there's an art to Etsy SEO, uh, but there's, mm-hmm. I would say, a significantly larger kind of skill required for SEO, search engine optimization, sorry, the, the way that, you know, Google or right. Bing, you know, find you on the web. There's a much, you know, there's a lot more involved in SEO for your own website. Similar in concept, but you'll have to do a little bit more work. The other piece though, too, is you'll need to self-market, right? So you don't have that built-in traffic. So you'll need to do Pinterest and, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all these other kind of social media avenues in order to generate mm-hmm. traffic for your, for your website. Um, you'll, you know, some people do pay for Google ads, et cetera, and Facebook ads, et cetera. So that's another avenue that some people, I personally just do social media. I've found a lot of success with that. So that works for me. Um, but yeah, you'll be definitely self-promoting on the web, on your own website, but you, it is would you suggest that people pay for additional promotion as far as Facebook and, and, and IG, or do you just, I, I, sorry, Facebook, I apologize, but yeah, <laughs> what I found in my experience is that if you do Facebook ads, sure, you're getting a lot of traffic, but that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that you're getting buyers and maybe. Maybe it was because, and this was early on, I will disclaimer, this was early on in my kind of, uh, in my shop career, like in my hammock uh, bag making career. So it might have been a function of not necessarily knowing how to do the correct, you know, Facebook ads as well. Cause I'm sure there's definitely, mm-hmm. there's an art to that as well. But right. I did, in my experience, find that Facebook is good for getting eyeballs, but not necessarily the right eyeballs <laughs> to your shop. Right. So get a lot of views, not a lot of, you know, actual purchases, but like things like 
Pinterest, uh, which I do for free, uh-huh. Instagram, etc. You know, oftentimes Pinterest is very much um, people are searching for specific things like handbag patterns or handbags or sewing, right? So, right, um, leveraging, you know, because Pinterest is people, it, it allows you to reach an audience that's already interested in what you're doing and uh-huh. then drive that traffic to your website. So I do like Pinterest. I like Instagram as well because you know there's a huge sewing community on uh, Instagram, um, so you can build your followers. So I will say about Facebook, you know, I'm not necessarily uh-huh. doing their ads but they have a lot of great uh, Facebook groups. So I am in several bag making groups, which includes, you know, some are pattern makers specifically. Some people are, some is just people who make bags and all the way from the uber professional to an actual manufacturing to just kind of the home sewer. So it's, it's good to be in on Facebook um, just to kind of see what people are experiencing with bag making generally. Like they may not even be talking about your pattern. They may be talking about another pattern, you know, some cool technique, right? But there is just so much information that I've used to improve the way I do my patterns as well as instructions for my patterns, just based off of being involved in those social media groups, like on Facebook. So I would definitely say, yeah, not only don't just like post your stuff on social media, like try to be an active participant because it is, you will learn so much just from talking about what you're doing. Can we go over some steps, how they can open their very own Etsy store? First, you know you have to come up with like an amazing product that you feel passionate (laughs) about. What, What do you do after that? So think about what you like to do, right? Think about what are you willing to do in your free time? And as I mentioned, you're not gonna be successful right away. What are you willing to do for free in your real time? Something that you know everyone else can't necessarily do or maybe they don't mm-hmm. wanna do, right? Plenty of people can sell, but a lot of people don't want to go to trouble making bags, right? So, or, right. Or, or figuring out how, plenty of people actually will go to the trouble of making bags, but they don't really want to do the piece about figuring out a sewing pattern, right? So that's where it kind of right. happens. So I would say whatever you're interested in doing and you kind of have a skill at it, think about then what product or service you could provide as a result. And then look to see if you wanted to target Etsy specifically or even a Shopify or Look to see what your competition looks like. And you right. know, is there, it's great if you've come up with an amazing, you know, product that no one's ever heard of, but there's just an you know, amazing, there'll be an amazing demand for it's just so innovative. But most uh-huh. of the time you're entering kind of existing businesses. Like there's tons of people making handbag patterns, right? But there aren't that many, not as many people as who are people making physical bags. Figure out where that sweet spot is, like in terms of, is this uber competitive or there's thing, or I can do something unique with this and then land on your product. Then spend some time developing your product. Make sure that if, if well, it's nice to see if there are people who are already making your products on Etsy, or look to kind of see like the quality of whatever it is and what, uh-huh. you know. Are at, they getting good reviews? Yeah, look at their reviews. Exactly. What are the reviewers saying? Um, are uh-huh. they saying, oh, I like this about the bag? Okay. Don't steal that, but think about how you incorporate that similar concept in your bag or yeah look for the ones who aren't so successful is it because their pictures are crappy or is it just like whatever they're doing just doesn't (laughs) make sense like there's that's the thing like you can look at etsy it's it's a perfect market market research like tons of data right there to, to figure out what's going on so once you've landed on okay well I think I can be competitive with this particular product and you actually are ready to put together your store. Well, first uh-huh. make some of your product, right? So you have a little bit of inventory and then you just, you know, go on, sign up. Uh-huh. Um, it'll immediately, it'll immediately begin to ask you about, you know, how are you going to like setting up your payments? Cause you'll need to provide like a credit card so that they, in a bank account so that they can uh-huh. you know charge you. And then um, like, for instance, if there's returns, they need to be able to charge you uh, if you don't have any sales or 
or that's your only sale right, where to send the money if you do start to make money, right? So you'll mm-hmm. set up your payment information as well as your tax information because once you get over, I think, 200 sales and $10,000, then submit that to, uh, a W-2 for you to the IRS. So right. set all that up. Um, even if you don't get to that threshold, if you are going to go into business, it's very good idea to go to your local small business administration and file as a business. The reason for that is just that it would be horrible if somehow you blew up into this amazing business mm-hmm. <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, Uncle Sam came to get you. Wait a minute. So so $10,000 is the threshold to, that they send a W-2 because I know with selling books, if I make mm-hmm. 50 cents, they're sending me something to report to the, to the IRS. Is that Amazon? Yeah, it's Amazon. Ah, that's Amazon. Amazon is a different policy. Etsy, ah. there's a threshold. So okay. Th- but other, so, so yeah, below the threshold, you're on the honor system, but it will behoove you if you become successful and you right. never pay taxes, you'll be very sorry when Uncle Sam yeah. comes to get you. So <laughs> set up, your, set up your, you know, your tax information, federal, state, depending on and um, depending on what the requirements are for your state. One thing that's different about Etsy recently is um, they actually will pay the sales tax. Like say someone's, I think you have to pay a sales tax if you're in the same state as the person who's purchasing from you. They mm-hmm. will pay that on their own. Like they'll charge right. and pay that on their own. But, but again, you're, you're, you're bringing in income from this, mm-hmm. from your shop. So you're going to need to declare that income to, you know, the state and federal government. So that's the separate piece. Uh, I thought also, I think with the Europeans, like if you're selling, I have a lot of European customers just because, um, you know, obviously I'm digital. So I'm, the, it's not, I'm not shipping anything over to Europe. So um, in that case, we have to pay that value added tax. So do a little bit of research and understand that they actually do have like TurboTax software integration with the, the uh, platforms, which is nice. You can just leverage mm-hmm. that to manage, but you'll need to do a little research there and set yourself up as a business. From there, it's just a matter of giving yourself, um, uh, you know, what is the name of your business? Type that in. You're going to want to do a little blurb about yourself, like who you are, how you got into making mm-hmm. whatever you're making, talk about your shop. You're going to want to think about your shop policies, right? So say you're selling physical goods, what's your return policy? Are you going to take goods all the way up, you know, from someone wants to turn it a year later? What's your shipping policy? You need to think about that. Yeah. If you're producing large, let's say you're going to sell bowling balls. Yeah. Good luck with shipping bowling balls (laughs) at a competitive price. So that's one way to kind of get around that. Right. But again, then, you know, there's always that customer price sensitivity, but then that also goes back to picking the right product and being Uh differentiated and not having to, you're not Walmart. You will never be Walmart. You do not have the supply chain distribution channels as Walmart. Do not try to compete uh, on price as a small business. Right. You need to be able to price your goods and incorporate all those other additional costs and be, think long and hard about what you're physically selling. You're not trying to sell anything and everything because you just don't have the supply chain and the distribution expertise and logistics as Walmart does. So right, make right, sure right. that you can sell a product that can go for a little bit more, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so once you've you know, determined your shipping, what else did we say? We said, um, you know, oh, you've made your products at this point, right? And so, oh, mm-hmm. the other thing with shipping, think about your packaging. So shipping isn't just like what you're going to pay to the, you know, UPS or FedEx or whoever. Shipping mm-hmm. is also the cost of the box. Um, it's also, um, you know, tape or if you're having to wrap it up, what are the costs associated with packaging? Cost you to get from your house to the post office. Gasoline burned in that process. So think about all those costs that are really associated with shipping. You need to roll that into your uh, shipping costs and or the cost of your product. Then there's always the big question. Obviously, I didn't I don't know I didn't touch on this first, the price of your goods, right? So there's mm-hmm. a zillion different ways to do this. I mean, obviously you do want to look around the marketplace. If everyone else is say selling something you know, very similar product to you, hopefully not. Like a face mask, which are millions yeah, of face masks. 
yeah, like, I mean, you don't want to be selling your face mask for, you know, $100. Everyone else is selling it for five. I don't know the cost of the face mask. On Etsy. Unless you're, you know, are you encrusting your face mask with diamonds? Diamonds. And- <laughs> <laughs> diamond? Is this the Uber designer? I don't know. Maybe it's super high fashion face mask. Do look around at your competitors and see what kind of the market will bear. But then again, when you're thinking about your product, you want to make sure that you can, that it's it's a profitable product. So if mm-hmm. you only sold this for a hundred dollars but it cost me eighty dollars to make it and that's and then i'm going to want to roll into my shipping cost because customers want free shipping yeah now i'm not making any money why are you can and right and if, it, and if it costs you like for instance the reason why i don't do handbags right or i haven't yet physically uh, made handbags right it might take me four to six hours to make a handbag mm-hmm. and you know let's just say i want to pay myself 10 15 dollars an hour right so say I'm t- you know paying myself 10 dollars an hour and it's taking me five hours to make this hamburger that's 50 dollars right there and let's right. say it's you know then it's going to cost me like 20 dollars in materials so that's now 70 dollars right there so so now i'm thinking about okay i'm going to put out my fabulous handbags and of course my handbags would be you know as fabulous as you know baton <laughs> and clay but if you start to get into that price range where i could get this a similar product at macy's for the same hundred dollars like why am i taking the risk on this little unless i just really want to purchase a handbag so, so you need to think about and, and there is a that's the whole thing about handmade on etsy right people do kind of realize that you know you do pay a little bit more because probably buying in your own local country so don't get into the whole price war game don't under make sure that you're getting back the cost of your materials, make sure you're paying yourself a real wage, right? Mm-hmm. Your time is valuable. You can be doing other things and then roll that into your cost. And then if you look at your product when you're deciding what your products are going to be and you're saying, oh, well, then my products don't make sense. No one's going to pay $200 that it costs to make this product. Maybe that's not the product or the, cat- the category for you to be in. Maybe you need to think about producing something else. So that's kind of pricing. And so then, yeah, so so once you've kind of produced your products and hopefully affordably and, and efficiently and and well below what the market will bear in terms of price, mm-hmm. um, you're just going to list those. So a big thing with Etsy, it's an online marketplace. So everything is very visual. So you need to take beautiful pictures. If you've ever been to the Etsy website, it's very much geared towards women. I will say everything's very pastel mm-hmm. and, you know, very soft and huge, a huge uh, probably um, customer of Etsy is probably like mothers, uh, women who really shop there. So you want to make sure that you set up your pictures, however you're doing it. Um, so that they're they're not dark and you know um, you're not putting it in some filthy room in your house and you're seeing all these other right. things and you just want to draw the <laughs> customer's eye. I've seen those type of pictures. <laughs> it's horrible. It's people really. No one wants to see your dirty dishes. Do the dishes and don't take pictures <laughs> in the kitchen. Why are we doing this? Unless you're selling appliances, then it makes sense, right? Okay. But take good quality photos. If you want, you can do the, you know, the light box option where you have the white background and there's tons mm-hmm. of tutorials and even light boxes you can purchase on Amazon to do that. Put your thing in there take a picture. You can do that with your cell phone. Still get really good quality pictures with the smartphones. Um, or you can, like I do, because, you know, mine's about making your own patterns. So um, I place mine in a nice... Uh, kind of console table in my in my dining area you don't see like the table or anything like that but you see like this beautiful painting that I have and then like a, a flowers flowers in a vase and then you see my mm-hmm. finished bags okay this is my product and it's aesthetically pleasing to people so take good quality photos make sure that people can see the product and you know take all the angles mm-hmm. so they can see exactly what they're getting etc write great descriptions don't be boring you know try to make them interesting you right. know tell them how they could use this you know all the details of how you came about making this particular product etc tell a little story uh and then make sure you get your tags right that comes back to the search engine optimization even within etsy make mm-hmm. sure that you have think about when you're making your tags think about how someone's going to find something so obviously in my tags, they will always say 
handbag purse sewing pattern in some way and then if I have a zipper pocket I'll say zipper pocket if I have vegan leather I'll say vegan leather or if it's full leather I'll say leather or you know all those details but hopefully someone's searching for you know handbag sewing pattern then I will pop up those are also not only that is that my title it's also my tags so you want to make sure that the the words in your title are in your tags as well there's that's a little area and uh, program but make sure that matches as well but the other thing too is like again right market research Look to see what the successful sellers are doing in terms of their tags, how they're formatting. Just kind of copy that same thing because those people are successful because people have found their product via search engine optimization. So kind of do that. So yeah, so once you've got your pictures taken, you've written amazing descriptions, you want to have more than one product. Don't just try to like have an Etsy shop. It's really hard to have one product. Nobody wants to go to this creepy store with one product. Fill out your <laughs> shop, have like maybe you know, 20, 30 uh, items is always good, but at least 10, they always say minimum 10. So people can mm-hmm. see the scope of the range of your work and that you're a real established shop, right? Have all your, put together all your products and then, you know, determine what your price is going to be because you've, you've kind of priced out what it costs you to make it and what you want your margins to be. You put in your shipping and then just post and then you're off to the races. And then, you know, once you've done that, you've hopefully at the same time been thinking about how you're gonna market your things. Just depending, I mean, I've talked about a lot about the search engine optimization Etsy, not just depend on that. You can also, um, even if it's not your own Shopify page, you can also do Pinterest and, you know, uh, Instagram, et cetera, and advertise for Etsy as well. Although I recommend if you've got both an Etsy shop and a Shopify shop, I would, try to drive traffic more towards your own shop because again like i said earlier whenever people see your listings on etsy they also see other competitors right below that why are you driving traffic you're you're not working for etsy you're working for you so send that traffic on over to shopify if you have one you do not send to your etsy shop um so as far as social media so do you suggest people start a business ig and a business facebook does that matter or just Because I know some people who use their personal page to sell their products. Look, I'm not paying anyone for a business version of anything. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I am. I think I am. I did list as a business on Pinterest and my page says so chic handbags. It doesn't say Audrey Mm -hmm. handbags or whatever. So it's kind of how I set it up on, on, I have a Facebook page, so chic handbags. So everything Mm -hmm. is per the title of my shop. It's not my personal. I recommend doing that just for branding, that sort of thing. What are some of the challenges and mistakes that you came across when you started your business? I did not realize, I had experience with using PDF patterns. I did not realize that many of my customers did not have experience with PDF patterns. Mm. <laughs> so when I first started, like I kept getting all these like, you know, that's an Etsy, like, what am I supposed to do with this? And like, you know, see, I wrote in the instructions high level, like, okay, each pattern is labeled with a grid, you know, this is row one, you know, um, column two or whatever. But I, I didn't realize that this was such a foreign concept to people that I really needed to do more. So after enough like um, uh, notes with folks, uh, basically I was like, you know, I'm just going to make a YouTube video. <laughs> I made a YouTube yeah. video where I taped um, the pattern pieces and just kind of showed in real time how things work. And after that, I swear I have not gotten any questions. I have not had any questions since this YouTube video. So I will say, think long and hard about what um, how your end customer is going to experience your products and, mm-hmm. or use your service or whatever. So that's one thing, like I just made a huge assumption just because I had experience, but everyone doesn't necessarily. And also too, like if you're doing something like uh, something instructional, like what I'm doing, try to think of it from the customer's perspective. And it's always good to get feedback from people 
like uh, when I first started making patterns, like uh, my mother actually read a few of them and she just, what, did, what are you saying with this? It was very obvious to me as someone who'd made a lot of bags, but right. not necessarily to, I mean, she's a sewer, but you know, she never, she had no experience making bags. So that was a great learning just like have, mm-hmm. having someone else look at what I'm you know, producing and get, providing that feedback. So I would say definitely, uh, you know, before putting your products out there, you know, reach out to family and friends and say, hey, what do you think about this? Like, and then think about how the customer is going to use it. Definitely with like, if, and say you're going to make a physical product, like a bag, big no-no for those, you know, aspiring handbag designers is to put a bag out there that you've never physically worn and tested. Mm. Uh, if you are, make a prototype first, wear it for a couple of weeks, see how that, you know, does it hold up? What are, right. What's annoying about that bag? Like, it's, do you wish there was a pocket here, et cetera? Again, it's all about researching and really thinking about your mm-hmm. product before you put it out there. Because otherwise, I mean, yeah, there's a few, um, like when I was first starting sewing, like a few bags, I was like, oh, this is so cute. And then like, you're walking along the street and then the bottom of your bag and all your goodies. <laughs> Okay, Did that actually going. happen to you? Yeah, in my in my early days. Oh my god. <laughs> this is years ago. <laughs> Not all of my audience, all of my recent patterns <laughs> bags, amazing. I wear them today. They're fabulous. Don't worry about that. But yeah, when you first start, I mean, there's all these dumb things that you'll just do and you'll not realize I need to backstitch and I need to complete the scene or, you know, you'll miss little things here and there and things. Will start right. So yeah, thinking, thinking about the customer experience uh, was a big thing for me. And then challenges, of course, are just like learning SEO, um, mm-hmm. learning how to drive you know, traffic to your website. Everything's a learning curve. Thankfully, I had done some of that with my previous businesses, but obviously those weren't successful so whatever I was doing was wrong so <laughs> I would definitely like you know figure out the platforms and and uh like figuring out with my niche and how to you know kind of navigate that and really mm-hmm. work like, the other thing too is like along the way um customers will provide you feedback like um and definitely listen to that you know good or bad mm-hmm. you can really shape like like some of my customers like I am a person I like to have all the pattern pieces but other customers just preferred to just get like dimensions for some of my patterns like there's a couple of days like oh I love this pattern but you know, I really rather not have cut all these pieces. So I made a second version where, you know, you can just like, I just tell you, oh, it's 11 inches by, you know, four inches or whatever, cut out this piece. And it, people were very happy. So right. listen, along the way, listen to your customers, try to test your, your, your products. And then, uh, yeah, just um, don't be afraid to fail. Everything doesn't have to be perfect when you're first around, because trust me, yeah. I don't care what you do. It's not going to be, it's going to be a hot mess. I'd be one of those annoying customers emailing you. No, my motivation is to get no email. So <laughs> sales, but no email. So every question, yeah, Audrey goes and fixes that because Audrey is <laughs> 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 like, I, the, I, my biggest worry is, you know, there are people who will say something, but I'm a passive type. If I am having trouble with something, I won't say anything. And I'll just be bitter. I don't want people right. to be silently bitter, right? Uh, frustrated. I want my customers to enjoy making their bags. There's nothing yeah. makes me happier than when someone has a great experience and they show me a picture and like, they're like, I may, I have to make all these for my daughters because they want one too. Like, I love that. I don't want anyone to be frustrated with my products right. because it's just, you know. If you want them to come to you first instead of leaving a bag, folks, if you have an issue with online vendors, don't leave a bad review before reaching out to that person directly to try to resolve your issue because that you're going to bring their reviews down. So if you have an issue, go to that person, say, this is the problem I'm having. What do I do? Instead of giving them like a one star, instead of saying, if I could leave zero stars, I would. Like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that a million times. Oh my god, people are crazy. No, I mean that's another thing too. Like, if you think about it, like, because uh, I'm in a lot of these, um, I'm in Etsy forums as well. Oh yeah, Facebook. 
there are Etsy forums and groups mm-hmm. as well as, um, you know, bad making groups. So whatever your niche is, find a group. Uh, but yeah, these, you know, poor people will just, I'm out of that phase because obviously I, I did my learning curve already. So I don't really right. get many bad reviews. Uh, yeah, people will just randomly post things. And then like the person is posting on the Facebook, well, this is the explanation for this. And as I'm listening to the, reading the, the post on Facebook, I'm like, oh, that seems reasonable to me. That could have mm-hmm. been easily resolved by a conversation. Right. Um, I think it's very easy because we're all in the mindset of like, there are these huge corporations like, you know, Amazon's, Walmart's or whatever out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, we can just kind of throw out any garbage out there on the internet and it's faceless. So it's easy to do. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a lot of people on Etsy, like I'm, you know, I'm an engineer. Like I do this because it's fun to me. Uh, right. I don't have to feed my children with this. There are a lot of people who are trying to feed their children. So mm-hmm. um, give someone, give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Cause you know, who I knows? Agree. you might want to start your Etsy shop and you want the benefit of the doubt as well. So I agree. Yeah, be kind, be kind to everyone. Like Audrey said, give them the benefit of the doubt. Etsy people know that a lot of people do not read. So if you can communicate about your product. um, in pictures try or be very try to do that as much as possible or um you know make sure it says explicitly in title in your title what it is because i'll have people who think like my, my patterns go for like 5.95 people think that they can buy a whole handbag sometimes for 5.95 and i'm like wow. there's no way even if it was you know mass manufactured no one can make a profit on that so but so mm-hmm. people will purchase my patterns thinking oh, I'm going to get a handbag. And then they get a download a notice from Etsy saying, oh, your digital order is ready. And they're like, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah. So yeah, reading, I mean, try to, a lot of people just kind of quickly look through the listings and notice by, try to communicate as much as possible, uh, as quickly as possible with each of your listings. So in the title explicitly, in pictures explicitly, you get out of that. So Audrey, thank you so much for joining. We've learned so much info on how to start your own business on. I might have to think of, to put something together myself because I need some extra cash. You should. But, um, <laughs> I have to think of something fabulous. So can, where can people find you? Where can they find your shop? Uh, can you give us what your social media information is? So she handbags. So that's um, S-E-W-C-H-I-C mm-hmm. handbags.com, which is my Shopify page. Or you can search So She Handbags um, on Etsy as well. That's uh-huh. the name of my shop there. Or just put in the, actually, if you just put in, if you type So She Handbags, S-E-W-C-H-I-C handbags into um, Google I'll pop up because yeah, everywhere I'm at the top. So um, yeah, just look for like, like the, you know, Google pictures, like you'll start to see you know, pictures of handbags. That's me. So you'll find me. Awesome. I don't know if people Google me. I don't know if they want to see what they find, but that's fine. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's a different kidding. discussion about not scaling photos on the internet. How about we don't do this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What if you run for president? <laughs> That'll never happen ever in this lifetime. <laughs> If this is your first time joining, welcome to Vintage Dialogue Radio, and thank you for listening. And if you like what you've been hearing, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so that you never miss a thing. What topics do you want to talk about in the future? I'm sure you have plenty of questions for my guests. So don't forget to drop a comment, ask a question, and leave a review. You never know, I could actually call upon you to be a special guest on my show. All of the information about this episode is in the description box, along with the email and links to my blog, website, and more. Thanks again for joining. Until next time.